Listen up, golfers. It's time for our tip of the week, brought to you by the Western New York PGA. The Western New York PGA has one goal, promoting and growing the game of golf today, tomorrow, and beyond. We're back. T.D. Green, live from Niagara Frontier Golf Club in Youngstown. A great course. We're going to hear more about it here. We'll get the tip of the week here in just a moment. Uh, but I want to tell you about Scroy Financial, a supporter of TD Green. They're celebrating 50 years in business this year. Second-generation financial planning firm assisting fourth-generation clients. They've been helping families and folks in Western New York since 1971. So whether you're just getting started or would like to review your current plan and your markets today, <laughs> financial planning, you might need some help. They offer a complimentary one-hour consultation. And, you know, there's no obligation after that consultation, but I bet you're going to like what you're going to hear. Call their office in West Seneca, 716-674-6700. Also, Check them out on the web, scroyfinancial.com. Scroy is spelled S-G-R-O-I financial.com. Welcome back. Hour number two is uh, we go double edition here for our majors, and it's PGA Championship weekend. Brian Colziel, Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro Jeff Metis, Corey Griswold, producing back in our Amherst studios, and we appreciate you joining us here. Uh, if you missed our first hour, we'll have it up on our on-demand audio section at WGR550.com just a little bit later this morning. Uh, we had an interview with Erica Rapel from the Special Olympics about a great event uh, that's being held at Glen Oak on June 4th. It's a long drive event and a straight drive event. If you want to help uh, support the cause here, uh, you can go to my Twitter tw- timeline, at BrianWGR. I've got all the information there, how you can register. Uh, also, we spoke with membership director Jake Tino here from Niagara Frontier. Uh, if you want to get any information from Jake, NiagaraFrontierGolfClub.com. You can click on the membership tab. His email's there. His phone number's there. Uh, you can even contact any of us, and uh, we'll uh, make sure that you get in contact with the great folks here. Speaking of the great folks here, we've got another one. Dan Antonucci, the head PGA pro here from Niagara Frontier. He also is the Western New York PGA president, and uh, we welcome Dan in here now to the show. Dan, good morning. Thanks for having us back. Good morning, guys. Just uh, thank you so much for coming out today and spending some time with us. We have you set up right here in front of our pro shop and looking at our first tee. What a beautiful morning. Yeah, this is the stuff I met. This is fun stuff. Running a, uh, running your member member to me is one of the one of the fun things you get to do as a PJ professional. It's an exciting day. Got all the players. Everybody's fired up. The golf course is in great shape. The driving range looked amazing this morning. Uh, it's the, the mornings are great when you're running these events, Dan. Tell us, uh, tell us a little about your event today. Well, it, it's our first championship of the year for our membership. It's our member member. We have uh, 40 teams, 80 guys competing, which is a good turnout for us. But it really is our first championship of the year. So uh, the, the players look for this. They, they look forward to it. We have uh, even have some of our female uh, members playing, which is really cool. So, uh, And you always hope for a, a nice morning like we have right now. Uh, and, and the golf course is in fantastic shape. So... We're looking for some low scores. Gross and net? No, we just do net. It's just, just two-person best ball, real easy scorekeeping. We want to make it easy the first tournament of the year. Now, when you're when you're done with registration, do you have to go out there and, and sit in the car like a rules official, be ready to uh, make a ruling? You know, they'll they'll <laughs> they'll call me on the pro shop phone. They'll text me all different kinds of things. So we make a lot of rules calls right from the pro shop. Yeah, yeah. They Leave me alone. Yeah. No. <laughs> the rule is just play on. Stop calling me. <laughs> play two balls in case of in case of doubt of procedure. You play is that what you're go- supposed to do? Yeah, right. you're supposed to play two golf balls in case right. there's a doubt as to how to proceed. And then before you sign your scorecard, you check with the rules official to get a rules on, a ruling on that. So that's the way to handle it if you're ever on a golf course in an event. And you 
don't know what to do as far as a ruling. All right, so you know, I know we have a different tip uh, for our tip of the week, but don't I, I ask wanna... rules questions without. Well, the book no, in front I, of this me. is this is fascinating. So I'm going to ask Dan this. So he says to play two balls. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm trying to think of a scenario where that would come into play, where I would where I would play a second ball. I guess yeah, there's there'd be a bunch of different like is if you could take a drop, you know whether your stance or your swinger stance is is inhibited by a immovable obstruction or if you you know I remember a situation where a player uh, hit his ball accidentally on the putting green and we didn't know how to proceed, so either you replace it or you play the you know bubble. So that was so put, you could play both balls, play both balls into the hole. Explain the situation keep, when you come back. Right, Every superintendent just said, "Don't play it off the green." Right? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, there's like uh, I had a guy. He ended up he, he he with relief. He the only way he could swing was left-handed. But when he swung left-handed, his feet were on the cart path. It turned out he did get relief because that was the most reasonable way to make the swing. But he had to play two golf balls. He played one left-handed and one the regular way, and came in, and we had a ruling for him, and it worked out to his benefit. So sometimes the rules will help you out. It's it's a super easy uh, decision when they play two balls and they they score the same score. True. So yeah. that makes it <laughs> that's really what we easy. hope for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I never make rulings without the rule book in front of me, or it's Absolutely. on my phone now. But Absolutely. yeah. Dan Antonucci with us here, the head PGA pro at Niagara Frontier. All right, uh, we talked a little bit about the golf course with Jake, but I know coming up here for those that again might be hearing us for the first time, Dan, uh, what are some of the unique features that make this golf course so great in your eyes? Well, uh, this is my 30th season at Niagara Frontier, so I'm, I'm pretty biased about the course. It's just, to me, uh, you know, being in this line of work, I get to play all the golf courses in Western New York. I still think this is one of the top three in Western, in Western New York because it's so unique. Uh, we have a valley that runs through the uh, middle of the golf course, so it, it gives you all different kinds of shots, uphill eyes, downhill eyes, side hill eyes, blind shots. You use every club in your bag. Uh, when the wind's blowing off uh, Lake Ontario, it changes uh, the whole character of the golf course. Uh, and, and it's a golf course you never get tired of playing because of that reason. It's super scenic, especially out on our back nine, uh, where you really get some great views of the valley. Uh, and, and again, our, our superintendent, Dave Luckman, and his staff just doing a wonderful job uh, with the condition of the golf course. Best, best I've seen in 30 years. So, um, you know, we, we're always considered that... Uh, um, you know, because of our location, uh, a lot of people don't really know about our golf course, but Jake Tino, our membership director, uh, is getting the word out and, um, you know, membership is increasing. It's just a, a golf course where if you want to have fun and uh, play something different all the time, that's what we look for. We look for golfers. We look for people who just love to golf. Our practice facility, I think, is also one of the best in the area. Uh, and, uh, you know, the members really take advantage of it. We have a huge grass tee. It's about the size of a, fo- a football field, so you're always hitting off a of grass. A wonderful target greens to aim at, and we actually cut a fairway right through the middle of the uh, target green, so you have a fairway to aim at, so you can practice your drives, your fairway wood shots and such. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is a nice range. It, there's something about a nice range that makes you want to hit more and more balls. Right. Yeah. Well, let's face it. I mean, part of what both of you as PGA pros, you'd like to promote people practicing and, and improving their improving their game. And if you have a, a facility that's going to get people excited to go over for Jeff, right? I mean, that's that, that's a piece of it. I would I would think. Yeah, and it's nice to teach on a good range too. Yeah, it's uh, it, 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 it I, I like the targets out there. I like having something to aim at. I like hitting off. Yeah, there's a million reasons to like your range, and it doesn't look like it gets too much action because it looks like it's in great shape. 
Well, because it's so big, we can move uh, the, the hitting areas. Uh, you know, various times throughout the, the year, we just move it a, a little bit further, a little different area. So by the time we get back to that original spot, it's all just, grown just back. Just keep rotating. Yeah, yep. Correct. Yep. We Excellent. also have two PGA uh, teaching pros on staff, Frank Garcia and Matt Clark. And, uh, you know, we're here to help our golfers promote golf, uh, get their games better, um, you know, help them with anything in, in a lot of player development programs we run. Uh, with our teaching professionals, so we're we're a golf club. There's, we we love golf. There's not many facilities that can boast three PGA professionals at their facility. That's for sure. Uh, um, you know, I, I think the more PGA professionals you have at a, f a facility, you know, the better off you are because you have experts of the game of golf right there at your place. Yep. All right, let's get to our West New York PGA Tip of the Week here, and uh, you heard it coming in, Dan and Jeff. Uh, this week did a Tee to Green Academy podcast, which we'll be posting. Uh, this week about bunker play and it's appropriate this week the pga championship has sand all over the place by the way if you're watching this weekend for the first time the players can take a practice swing jeff this week they're not actually you you'll hear on the broadcast they're not calling it bunkers they're calling them sand areas or waste area or sand well, yeah area. they're like w waste, waste bunkers right yeah i mean they run up the length of a hole yeah. right and uh, the pga of america said that uh, you're able to take a practice swing in there so if you see someone and they touch the sand on the practice swing. Please don't call in. I don't even know how you get that number, by the way. But if what, or send your video. We know they can do it this week. Meanwhile, so. Dustin Johnson saying, "Well, where was that where, at Whistling Straits?" Right. That's Sorry, right. Anyway. I was going to say, I thought that's really covered clearly <laughs> on the rule sheet. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's talk about bunker play. And then, like I said, we'll uh, later uh, or early next week we'll have the the entire podcast on it. But Dan, you want to start here? How about uh, some tips? Uh, even for the for the PGA guys that are playing this week uh, at Kiowa Island, uh, how about playing in bunkers? Want to start? Maybe we'll start with the fairway. How about uh, we'll start there first here? What do you think about a tip for fairway bunker play? Well, first of all, I had a member walk up to me this morning and ask about what you just talked about, and I didn't even realize they were playing it like that because we were yeah. pretty busy here yesterday. I haven't got to watch much of the uh, PGA Championship, so now we can go back to my member and give him a <laughs> proper answer. So he's listening. It's all good. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I had told all my members, turn the radios on. We're out, out in the golf course. Good job. So fairway sand traps, um, fairway bunkers, uh, I think that's one of the hardest shots in golf uh, because we really don't get those very often. And where do you practice them? You know, it's not a, not, uh, not a thing that a lot of facilities would have a fairway bunker you could practice out of. But when you get into a fairway bunker, it's not as hard as you think. All right. So basically uh, how I would play it is, Say I had a 150-yard shot, which I would normally, uh, on a good day, be hitting an 8-iron. So I'm going to take one more club. I'm going to take a 7-iron. And uh, when I walk into the bunker, um, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to I'm going to kind of wiggle my feet in to give me a little bit of a good base, but I'm not going to go deep. All right, just, just kind of give me a, a good base when I get into the uh, sand trap. I'm going to keep the ball right in about the middle of my stance, but I like to lean a little bit into my left side, maybe 60% on my left leg. And I want to make sure I get my hands uh, ahead of the ball. So I'm just going to take a normal, regular swing, but I want to hit that golf ball first. I don't want to take any sand behind the ball, because if you do, it's just going to plop out in front of you, maybe even stay in the trap. Uh, but what I think the, the most important thing with this type of shot is that you swing forward and follow through, but you stay in balance. you got to stay in balance. you got to think about hitting that ball to your target, hitting it onto the green. If you're just thinking about hitting the ball, pretty much it's just going to go anywhere. So uh, take a normal golf swing, play the ball back in your stance a little bit, hands ahead, and hit that golf ball first. Yeah, if that solid base, you know, when you're putting your feet in, I see a lot of people dig their feet 
too far down. You know, they they think they're in a greenside bunker. And then the bottom of your arc is below the golf ball. The only other adjustment I agree completely with you is I'd like to um, I like to choke up a smidge. You know, because I am digging down a little bit, I like to choke up a little bit. Anything I can to help prevent my club from hitting the hitting the sand first. And like you said, a good aggressive swing with with the thought of hitting the ball first and and visualizing your target. If you're just trying to get it out, that's like any shot. If you're just trying to chip it on the green, you're not going to hit a good chip. If you're trying to chip it in, you're going to hit it closer to the hole. All right, let's go up by the green now. Greenside bunkers. Obviously, maybe, I know you said, don't dig in too deep in the fairway. Would you dig in a little deeper around the green? Uh, well, well, like like Jeff said, the more you dig in, you do have to choke up on your club a little bit. But okay. when you're in a, in a greenside sand trap and you just have a basic flat lie, uh, first thing is, and Jeff, Jeff and I didn't talk about this at, at his podcast, the golf ball you use is very important. So you, you really, most players, I don't care what handicap you are, you need to have some kind of performance ball, a ball that has, that's built uh, to have some spin, all right? Especially when you're on greenside bunkers, you need to put spin on that ball. So, uh, you know, your higher-end uh, performance balls from all the uh, golf companies work. They're making... We'll recommend Callaway Chrome Soft because they're a sponsor on the show. All right. All right. right. Callaway <laughs> Chrome Soft is an excellent, excellent uh, golf ball. But they also make a super soft, which is a ball that gives you some distance but spin, too. You want to have a ball that, that, that produces spin. So when you get into the sand bunker, you're going to walk in. Uh, the club choice is important. I like to use my 56-degree sand wedge. Some people like to use a 60-degree, but you want to have a club that has some loft, some angle to the club face. Uh, and also the bounce of the club, the, the bottom edge of the club is important, too. I think with a sand uh, wedge of 56-degree, I like to have a little bit more bounce. Uh, like a 10 degree bounce and maybe Jeff can talk a little bit more about bounce Yeah, the bounce angle basically is the angle that the trailing edge of the sand wedges is actually below the leading edge So the the, the edge that you aim at the golf ball on a sand wedge is the the trailing edge is below that and that me- That angle is measured at in his case 10 degrees and what that does is that allows the club to glide through the tur- or the sand instead of digging in and so Dan will take his 56 degree wedge and say it's got 10 degrees of bounce if he opens it four degrees well now it's a 60 degree wedge with 14 degrees of bounce a little bit more bounce does make it easy to get that club to glide through the sand and um, end up on the green with the golf ball you Anytime you get your club digging in the sand, like if you close your blade as a right hand, if you close your blade down, you create a dig sole. You take that bounce out, and that club wants to dig into the sand. That's why when when I have the basic core concept for me in, in bunker play is they keep the blade open, aim left, and swing aggressively and hit behind the golf ball. So you got to keep the blade open throughout the whole bunker shot in order for that club to glide through the sand if you're if your club's digging check that your blades open and you're using the right club is there any instance where you would close the face to dig in maybe you're you've got a lot of green to work with would you be able to get that to run or is that just a a no-no all around I would say a buried lie is the opposite. So if say your ball's buried, fried egg, fried egg, fried egg, right? Yeah, yeah, or or even buried. I turn the toe down almost because you want that club to get under the golf ball. Otherwise, that using the bounce, it'll just skip through and hit the center of the golf ball. If that makes sense. You know, also uh, we we like to play with an open uh, club face uh, to create a little bit more spin, get the ball to pop up onto the green easier. But if you have a longer shot, uh, you know, you you don't want to open up your club face as much so it really is based uh how your club face is is based on the distance of your shot so you know especially if you start to get a a 30 40 50 yard bunker shot which i think are again very very hard golf shots but if you're right around the bunker 
you play that, uh, just open up your blade a, a little bit. Uh, I like to play the ball about an inch forward of the center of my stance, and I'm aiming about two inches behind the ball. And uh, what we do with our junior kids is we actually, when we're, we're practicing with them, we have them bend down and draw a rectangle around their golf ball, kind of about the size of a dollar bill. So if you could use that uh, in your imagination, you want to enter at the back end of the dollar bill and you want the whole sand and the golf ball and the whole chunk to fly out together. You don't want to hear the click of the, the ball on the club face. When that happens, the ball flies over the green. So uh, the most important part, I think, is when you have a bunker shot is your follow through. And like Jeff said, you always want to keep your club face open. You don't want to rotate your forearms, but you've got to get your body moving and rotating forward. You've got to end up on your forward leg, and you've got to follow through. Uh, if, if you're a guy who likes to swing and you dig into the ground and you stop your forward swing, the ball is just going to plop in front of you. So to have accuracy, to create spin, you've got to make sure that, that you zip through yep. your shot, that you use some uh, acceleration, and that you follow through and get on your, your forward side. Yeah, I like the word zip. You yeah. zip through those bunker shots. You don't hit at the ball. You zip. And the, but the other thing is good bunker players don't take a lot of sand. They take a little bit of sand, yeah. and it makes that nice sound. Um, Dan, you mentioned something interesting. You know, I, I get a lot of players, and they want the ball to check when it hits the green, and they you know, see the tour players hitting these shots, and the ball spins back, and then they're playing some dollar jar ball and right. wondering why the golf ball won't stop or spin. It's not designed to. Um, so you do a performance ball does make a difference, and the thing with beginners a lot of times is you'll get these beginners, and they end up playing the junkiest, cruddiest balls, and... They're, they're, it's going to make it harder for them to succeed where a beginner, is. it's more important for them to play a good ball so they the ball does spin and go in the air instead of diving out of the air. So so those things do matter. And the last point was you talked about face angle. When the sand's wet or firm, that's maybe when you you don't open that blade up as much. Understanding how bounce works, it, it'll just bounce into the ball so that blade stays a little bit more square with, with wet or firm or even longer bunker shots. Dan mentioned juniors. I'm finding the PJ Junior League, the kids love playing out of the sand. Oh, definitely. When they select the ball and scramble, let's play the sand one. And all the parents were like, no. I know. That's because they, they see all the pictures in the newspaper are always got a guy hitting a bunker shot <laughs> yeah. in the sand. Well, it's just cool, saying, right? Yeah, it, is, you know, it is a cool shot. Kids like playing in the sand. And they even like raking it. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah like exactly. That's right. You know, Jeff was talking about when your sand is firm or wet, and, and I, I found over uh, years of experience that when, I, when, when the sand is wet, uh, people have a tendency to aim a little bit closer to the ball. I find if you aim farther from the ball, maybe three inches away from the ball, and really make sure that you accelerate and be a little bit more aggressive, uh, it's, a, it's a way easier shot to get that ball out, and it's really going to spin for you, too. Okay. Great advice from Dan and Jeff here on our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week. Uh, before we let Dan go, Dan, of course, also beyond being the head pro here at Niagara Frontier Golf Club, is the Western New York PGA president. And uh, the Western New York PGA, first of all, we appreciate their support of the show. Mm -hmm. uh, our job, we try to help promote, grow the game, go around all across Western New York. And uh, we know the Western New York PGA is uh, right there in their mission, too. Uh, what have been some of the initiatives this year that uh, you as president have been working on here that maybe you want to share with the public? Well, first of all, we, we really appreciate our partnership uh, with, with you and, and your show, and, and uh, we're, we're just so thrilled to be part of it. Um, my presidency, uh, you, you get to spend two years as president uh, in the president's chair, and Jeff was president of our section uh, just a couple years back. And uh, you have these thoughts and ideas of what you would like to accomplish uh, when you're in the president's uh, position. Uh, we have a wonderful uh, section staff, Steve Barkowski, our executive director, uh, kind of runs everything for us. But as I got into the president's chair, this thing called COVID hit and threw everything that I wanted to do kind of out the window. So for, for last year, like a lot of businesses, we were just trying to 
trying to get our way through the year, you know, because uh, like with a lot of businesses, we didn't know if we'd be able to run our tournaments or our junior uh, PGA Junior Leagues or our Junior Tour, which is, uh, you know, the best Junior Tour in Western New York and a lot of other things. So we just kind of went day by day and by day and we got through it and actually turned out to be a pretty good year. So uh, my, my initiative this year is to grow our foundation, our Western New York PGA Foundation, which uh, supports uh, our PGA Reach Western New York, which uh, entails uh, our veterans programs, which have become just super popular. And that Jeff Medes guy, he's the one that started it. So kudos to Jeff. And it's grown from, uh, I think, like 10 veterans at Grover Cleveland to, I think, uh, our program that starts next week, we have, I think, up upwards of 70 veterans yeah. going to attend it. And, uh, That's awesome. I, I have to say, uh, I, I've been able to help a couple times with the veterans programs, and it's so, so rewarding for us as PGA professionals uh, to be out there with the veterans, because these guys are the real heroes, man. They did everything we can, so we can be out playing golf. And, and getting the relationships with them and, and uh, just talking golf with them has been a thrill. In fact, my latest uh, assistant I hired in my pro shop, his name is Sean McNett, and he's a veteran from the PGA Hope program. And he has aspirations getting into the uh, PGA apprenticeship program. And he's at just been a rock star so far and done a wonderful job for me. Uh, so I, I have high expectations for him to get into the PGA program, become a PGA professional. So other, uh, other than that, with PGA Reach, we also uh, have our, our, our junior tour, uh, which is very successful. We have about 40 junior events throughout the season, uh, all across uh, Western New York, Buffalo, Rochester, and Erie. And also we're working on some women's uh, programs too. So that's really our, our initiatives for this year um, that we're going to go hard at. It's been great. I know Kevin and I, both of our sons, participate in junior league mm -hmm. uh, my son's playing the junior tour for the first time this year that's been a blast so uh, kudos to the work yeah. that you do with the youngsters drive chip and putt that you drive, guys run too. that's right we get that too yeah, sorry. if yeah. you're competing on a yes. different junior tour you're missing out our yeah. our junior tours run professionally yes. and uh it's it's run by professionals and it's we play at the best facilities and uh and it's, it's great. a great way for the kids to to learn to compete yep I have to say, though, as, as, uh, as I got onto the executive board for the Western New York section and become, got to sit in a president's chair, it's been the highlight of my golf career. It's just been so much fun uh, being able to travel to national meetings, meeting pros all around the country, and, and just working with, with some great, great Western New York PGA golf professionals uh, over the years. And uh, I, I just recommend anybody who's a PGA professional, I don't care what section you're in, is try to serve on your board. It's really, really uh, very re rewarding. Congratulations really on 30 years here, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. In my line of work, that's pretty unique. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's very unique. Yeah. <laughs> They're lucky to have you. That's yeah. Right. The, the last comment on that, you do learn so much, too, serving on those national boards. Yes. I mean, you get to see everything from the national level also and, right. and all the programs there. And it, 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 it is an, it's a very gratifying experience. Yes. Dan, thanks for having us again today. Appreciate you coming on. My pleasure. Thank you so much uh, for coming to Niagara Frontier today. And uh, you guys have a great rest of your program. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, Nooch. Thank you. Dan Antonucci, the head PGA pro here at Niagara Frontier Golf Club, as well as the Western New York PGA president. Okay, when we come back, we're going to hear from Phil Mickelson, some more on, yes, a 50-year-old on top of the PGA championship, uh, and more on the leaderboard. Uh, we'll break down more of our thoughts on what we see here heading into the weekend uh, as we roll on here from Youngstown, from beautiful Niagara Frontier Golf Club. With PGA pro Jeff Medes, Kevin Sylvester, I'm Brian Colziel. More TD Green coming up right after this. Home 
This ball is different. And also by Puma Golf Shoes. Look at the PGA Tour leaderboard. Of course, this week, the second major of the year. And it's the PGA Championship from the Ocean Course, Kiowa Island, South Carolina. Phil Mickelson, Louis Oostazen are your leaders. They are tied at five under par through two rounds. They'll be in the final group today at 2.40 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, in the second last group, it'll be Brooks Kepka and Brandon Grace. Kepka one shot back at minus four. Grace is two behind at minus three. Uh, other notables, Hideki Matsuyama, the Masters champion, he's two off the lead at minus three. Um, some decent names at minus two, including U.S. Open champion Gary Woodland, he's minus two. Uh, Paul Casey, minus two. Canadian Corey Connors, minus two. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau uh, amongst the... Uh, other big golfers that are at minus one. Uh, Victor Hovland, even Poulter, Fitzpatrick, Padraig Harrington having a good week. He's even defending PGA champion Colin Morikawa is one over par. Uh, Will Zalatoris, Bubba Watson amongst the group that are one over. As uh, we look here at the PGA Tour leaderboard, let's we're going to talk about the rest of the names uh, on this board. But first, we want to hear a minute or so here from Phil Mickelson, uh, his thoughts after his round yesterday as he heads into the weekend in the lead. Oh, it's, it's really fun, obviously, to make a putt on the last hole, finish a round like that, and then to have that type of support here has been pretty pretty special. Um, but it's been a lot of fun so far. How would you describe your performance today? So I've been playing I've been playing really well. I was a little shaky on uh, 16, 17, and 18 with the putter, very very tentative, and then I was able to make some adjustments and putt well on, the, on my back nine, the front, and made a lot of good putts on that side. So um, the other thing, too, is my brother... Um, is doing a phenomenal job judging the wind, downwind, into the wind, and, and getting a good picture of how I need to flight it to get 20 yards of help. I mean, when we're playing into this wind, we're getting as much as uh, 22 to 38 yards of hurt, depending on the trajectory and so forth. And so making those that type of adjustment is very difficult to do, and he's been doing a phenomenal job. We've been working very well together as a team, and so we've been hitting a lot of a lot of clubs pin high. Let's expound upon that that adjustment quickly. Midway through the round, the wind picked up dramatically. How did you have to adjust? So it picked up, and then it started to quarter like it did yesterday out of the east rather than the north, and so it was going to, going to be a more a more difficult wind. And what happens is, because you have nine holes basically going one way, nine holes going the other, and we tee off right in the middle, I had the first four holes wasn't too bad. And then my next nine-hole stretch was going to be right back into this, this, this wind. And so when I made a few iffy strokes on 17 and 18 and made two bogeys, I had to be patient because those next I still had four holes to play into that wind, and... If you if you make a mistake, that wind will will, will really um, make it a lot bigger. Expound on it. So um, I had to be patient, but I was able to make a few birdies there. Sir, I have an update for you. You are the leader of the tournament as we stand here right now. Grace just double bogeyed 17. So if you were to tell me that like Sunday night, I'd really enjoy <laughs> that. But right now, uh, there's a lot of work to do. I'm not sure it's going to stand uh, today. We'll see. But um, the fact is, is I'm heading into the weekend with an opportunity, and I'm playing really well, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Mark. Great round today. Thanks. All right, that's uh, from Marty Smith of ESPN and ESPN Radio. There with Phil Mickelson, who is tied for the lead with Louis Ustazen going into the weekend. How about this story developing here, Kevin? A 50-year-old. We know, of course, Mickelson's popularity. He's much watched TV every time he's in contention. Well, he might not be even when he's not in contention. He's much watched. Um, we know Phil the Thrill. But boy, 
Phil the Executor this week. He's been executing perfectly with his game plan that he talked about right there. Yeah, he, he has a plan. Um, it's cool to see that he acknowledged his brother's help on the bag, Tim, who was a, the coach at Arizona State. Yep. Came, uh, left Porter, that Porter Cup participant. Porter Cup participant. I've actually talked to him Both about of the them, Porter by Cup. the way. Yep. Phil, Phil has yeah. won the Porter Cup. That's right. But yeah. I, I talked to Tim about Tim the played Porter in the Cup. Porter Cup many years. Uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I just, he left uh, to be Rom's agent for a while, you know, to help his player uh, transition and. Um, and, and then went to his brother's golf bag when uh, Bones Mackay and, and Phil split, which was like a divorce on the beat, right? I mean, it was just those guys. It's an were amicable divorce. Amicable, though, yeah. right? Yes. Um, but anyway, it, it's an unbelievable story for uh, Phil Mickelson to uh, be in the lead right now. But I, I, we'd be remiss not to talk about the other players near the top. And Louis Oosthuizen, who most in golf feel has the best-looking swing, Beautiful, it, right? Yeah. I mean, the rhythm, the it's so smooth. Yeah, yeah. You know, and as, as as legend would have it, he doesn't do this anymore. But he used to travel with his own mattress really? because of his back. Yes, he had a special mattress, but he it doesn't doesn't do that anymore. Uh, I can confirm that. Um, so if they say that all this weekend, unless it's changed here in the last uh, eight months, that was not happening. That's from his agent. Um, anyhow. Uh, Oosthuizen, it'd be interesting. You know, this guy's won an Open Championship. Uh, he, he, you know, he always seems to be around here. But let's see what he does today. Um, his putting has not been fantastic. He's not known as a great putter, but because his golf swing so good. But Matt uh, Kepka, which is a surprise coming back from the injury, but not surprised with the major. But he's he struggled with the injury. Uh, but mentally, this guy. Gets up for the majors and approaches them differently. You look at his career. Although it's, it's fascinating, they had a stat the other day. It's like it's point one difference between his PGA Tour scoring average and the majors, but the majors are different. Yeah, the majors are much more difficult. Your average yeah. round is going to be a higher score at a major than it would be in Vegas or anywhere else. There might be a tour event for the most part. Right, but we have a chance now with Hideki Matsuyama. To have uh, you know a guy win the first two majors of the year, uh, the Masters champion is right there, two back at three under par, and you know, that's a player that we we don't talk enough about uh, because his putting struggles, which he figured out at the Masters clearly, but I mean to, someone to strike the ball as well as him. Grace has been there before. You might remember him from uh, um, the U.S. Open where Spieth won. Out west there. Well, I can't think of the Chambers Bay. Chambers Bay. Yeah. Uh, Bezaden Hote, international player. Um, I haven't seen him too much in person. Um, it'd be interesting. Paul Casey. You know, it'd be interesting to see him grab a major. You got Streels, always plays well near the water. Him, a great ball striker. Woodland, another great uh, ocean type player. We'll see if his body holds up. He kind of faded there at Quail Hollow when he had a chance uh, a couple of weeks ago, but not surprised. And then Corey Connors, right? Uh, the Canadian, another great ball strike. There's, there's four major winners right at the top of this board. Ustazen, who's won an Open. Mickelson, we know, has won many majors. Kepka's won four, two PGAs, and then Matsuyama, you right. mentioned the Masters. So there's four guys here at the top that know what it takes to win a major. They obviously can maybe handle the pressure. Everybody's going to feel some pressure, but these guys obviously have done it before. Wait, Uli's uh, won so long. Was it 2010? Who's 2010, yeah. the, the Open. And he ran yes. away with it. He won by seven. Yeah. So out of those four names there, Mickelson, Ustaze, and Kepka, Matsuyama, is the winner coming from those four? Is yes. one of those four I winning? I think so. 
I would. Yeah. I think. It, I think it. Do you agree with that, Jeff? I would agree with that. I. I got. I mean, if I had, if I was a betting man, I think I'd put my money on Kepka right now. If he's, if his body can hold up, just because he seems to be so mentally strong, and and it, there's something about winning one of these events that gives you the confidence to do it in. You know, another time. You know, if you've never done it, you don't know if you can do it. If you've done it, you, yeah. you have that inner confidence. I see. I, I think it's going to be Matsuyama. Do you? I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. yeah. I, the only thing I'd heard is because he had so many travels after that Masters win and so and everything else. He was quarantined for two. He hadn't had a lot of chance to practice, but he's he's obviously on top of his form as we speak. I mean, listen, I I I, I any one of those winners is a great story. Hmm. But we Phil winning would be that's by far the best. Oh, this is the best sure. story. Oh like, yeah, no doubt about it. At fifty years of age, Jeff, it'd be I mean, one of the best stories in, since Nicholas won the '86 Masters or Tiger's yeah. winning at the Masters a couple years ago. Is that the? It might. Would you say that's? It would be the greatest story in PGA Championship history for a fifty-year-old. Yes, Nicholson PGA to win. Championship history. Absolutely. PGA Championship history. Yes, it would be. Oh no, hands yeah. down, no doubt. The Nicholas story at the '86 Masters to me is the the best story in majors history when jack nicholas won in 86 the greatest golf tournament i've ever seen yeah. yeah i mean to me that 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 is is the moment that is uh you know you know it's the greatest major st- watson winning the open at 65 would have been right right 63 whoever he was at the time um that would have been but to me it's nicholas uh in 86 but this would certainly be the best pga championship story and i i just imagine how phil how excited he would be Four years or five five years ago now at the Mexico Championship, and I only bring this up because Phil, you know, I just happened to be there working. I had Justin Thomas in the playoff, and Phil Bickelson beat him on seventeen, the par three there. That's right. And um, Phil to see Thomas was in tears, uh, losing. You know, like just because the, the emotion of it to get in, he eagled on eighteen to make the playoff, and he goes against Phil, and Phil win winning and. He actually gave me a hug when I went to congratulate him, <laughs> and he was hugging everybody, like because it was just uh, you know as a forty-six-year-old guy at the time winning on the PGA Tour, it was like oh my god, an old guy won. I, I said to him, I said, "Hey, thanks for winning one first old guy." He's like, "Yeah, man." He gave me a hug, and I'm like, like I don't know, Phil, huh? Phil doesn't know my name, I'm sure, <laughs> um, but you know, they're just familiar to the face. And uh, Fred Albers, he gave him a big hug too. My colleague, uh, PGA Tour Radio, and the announcers. It was. It was just an awesome moment, so I can't imagine what this this will be like for him if he's able to win. Oldest winner, by the way. We mentioned Nicholas at age 46 at the 86 Masters. There's two more that are actually older that have won a major. Sam Snead. Tom Morris Sr., the 1867 Open Championship. He was a month older than Jack was. And then Julius Boros in the 1968 PGA Championship at age 48. But... The that Nicholas was match play back then, but wasn't that it? was yep. You know the PGA didn't chan- change till seventy. I think seventy one is when it changed from a match play to. So in this, in the current setup, and you know, obviously the Nicholas at age forty six in eighty six is the one that people remember. Hale Irwin in the ninety open. Remember he's high five and he, he runs around yeah. the green. That was a cool moment. But the, I mean, for Mickelson to do it at fifty. Well, and this event was hosted at the Park Club. I think it was nineteen thirty four. Thirty four. Yep, yes. nineteen thirty four. The PGA Championship was there. So and back when that was ma- a match play event yes back at the park club yeah if you've played the park club you've played a a major championship probably many people listening you've played grover cleveland the 1912 u.s open and then if you've played park the 1934 pga and then obviously oak hill oak hill if you've played oak hill that's hosted every 
major championship there is from the Ryder Cup, the PGA, the US, US Amateur, yeah, all those, yeah. Yeah. And, and all the women and the senior and the regular. Yeah. Correct. They've yep. all hosted them all. Yeah. So if you, you could have played three spots in this area where there's been a major plate for sure. But yeah, if Mickelson wins it, that would be a cool story. Okay, time out here from Niagara Frontier. Our final thoughts on the PGA Championship as uh, we roll on here on this special two-hour edition of Tee to Green with PGA Pro Jeff Medes and Kevin Sylvester. I'm Brian Colziel. Thanks for listening. We'll get you our PGA Championship picks here when we return after this on WGR. You're listening to Tee to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Pendleton Creek Golf Club and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned. More Tee to Green coming up. Niagara Falls Country Club in Lewiston is getting set to host the 62nd Annual Porter Cup this summer on Wednesday, July 21st through Saturday, July 24th. The tournament has been host to golf greats like Ben Crenshaw, Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, Brooks Kepka, and Dustin Johnson. If your USGA handicap is three or less, you can participate in the Porter Cup qualifier on Monday, July 19th at Niagara Falls Country Club. For more information and to register, visit portercup.com. Final segment back here on our two-hour edition of Tee to Green PGA Championship Weekend. Brian Colesiel, Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro Jeff Mitas, Corey Griswold back in our Amherst studios. A big thanks here before we wrap up to everybody at Niagara Frontier Golf Club. Uh, Dan Antonucci, the longtime head PGA Pro here and the Western New York PGA President, uh, for his hospitality. Jake Tino, the membership director. If you miss either of those interviews, uh, we'll have it up in our on-demand audio section. The first hour is already up. Uh, go to on-demand WGR550.com. Click on T to Green, and it's sitting right there. Hour number two will be up usually uh, a few minutes after we're done, thanks to Corey Griswold back in our studios. Uh, we've got about uh, three, four minutes left here, so uh, let's just finish up our final thoughts here on the PGA. Mickelson, Ustays, and they're in the last group at 240. Kepka as uh, at 230, along with Brandon Grace and uh, Matsuyama at 220. So those are the, kind of the last five out. Uh, let's uh, think here who our pick is. I know we've are we leaning Kepka as a trio here that maybe he's the guy to beat, we think, overall, as long as he is healthy to get through these two rounds? I guess that would be my the way I'd go. I know you said Matsuyama, uh, but I, you know, I think Kepka just he seems to have a way in the majors for some reason. Doesn't he have more majors victories than regular tour victories? Uh, no, I think it maybe even, it? even now because he won the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Okay. Like, there's something that, you know, this guy won this year. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, we shouldn't be shocked. Yeah, he's you know. fighting injury, and he, he came back too early, I think, from the Masters, yes. for the Masters, and I think that's why. He's still we, not 100%, but he's like, I'm fine, it's a major. But that's why I think he was on a lot of people's radar, because yeah. of the performance at the Masters, and he hadn't played since then. By the way, it's four and four. Four majors yeah. and four regular PGA Tour he's wins. He's won the uh, Waste Management Phoenix Open twice, and I forget the other two. Um, forgive me. I know he won uh, uh, FedEx St. Jude Classic, maybe? The World Golf Championship, is that correct? Yes. Waste waste management twice, FedEx St. Jude, and the other one, and the uh, and the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges. Oh yes, 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 yes. And he's won two PGAs and two U.S. Opens. Not not bad. That's yeah, right. It's not a bad career. Yeah. How about DeChambeau yeah. at one under, well, four off the lead? I said, there's a guy to watch today, right? Because what matters to Bryson, right? I mean, he's going to go for it. 
today. Right. Well, he's got position, it. Yeah, right? this is moving day, right? So you got to yes. shoot a score today. Um, yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to me if I think if if Phil Early is hitting some fairways and gets in a nice groove, I think he'll have a good day. If I think if we see Phil struggling off the tee early, we might uh, we might see the end of Phil for the weekend. Certainly, though, the crowd and the TV viewership is going to be all in on Phil if he's sure. if he can keep it going. By the way, how we about may the, see monster ratings if, oh, he, if he's awesome in the tomorrow. final group yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. How about a Kepka DeShambo pairing? Oh, oh, that'd be a good pairing. Too. That'd be good. <laughs> that'd be good. There wouldn't right. be much talking. No, there would not. <laughs> not small chat. Yeah. <laughs> no. It, uh, I think Matsuyama. I just. I, yeah. I think Matsuyama's. And my pick, Leishman missed the cut. Mm. My pick, Hovland, is at even. And I so hit Shoffley. How are we there. doing? Yeah. Two missed cuts yeah. and an even. Yeah. Not great for us, but. Nevertheless, there's four major winners in the top four, but will Phil Mickelson keep it going? That's certainly the story of today. All right, we hope you enjoyed our two-hour edition here at Tee to Green from beautiful Niagara Frontier Golf Club here in, in Lewiston, uh, excuse me, in Youngstown. We'll be in Lewiston next week. We'll be at Niagara Falls Country Club uh, previewing the Women's Porter Cup, which is a great event, so uh, we'll be there next week. Thanks to Jake Tino, the membership director, Dan Antonucci, the head PGA pro. Um, and thanks to Corey Griswold back in our Amherst studios as always. For PGA Pro Jeff Metis, Jeff, have a great weekend. Thank you. Yep. Enjoy Looking the forward golf. To it. Kev, thank you as always for your good insight. Thanks, Brian. Thanks to all the members here, too, who've all said hello. All yes, all the members have been great here. I'm Brian Colziel. I thank you for listening. Tea to Green every Saturday right here on WGR. You're listening to Tea to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Pendleton Creek Golf Club and Lancaster Country Club.